0: God bless you, fam. Once again, thank you so much uh, for, for your giving. Thank you for continuing to remain diligent uh, with that. So now we're about to uh, move, progress forward into the Word. I hope you are ready because I believe that there is a hot one. Y'all know I've been out the seat for two weeks, so there's a little bit of that the Lord has to say to us. But I do want to uh, extend honor and appreciation to uh, Pastor A.B., Pastor Anthony Bynum for the dynamic word that he delivered to us uh, for the past two weeks. Just keeping in tandem with the series that we've been in as it is. We're going to continue forward in that thought uh, this morning. Remember, that is the series that we've been uh, going through, conversating through to uh, get kingdom truths and really uh, solidify within us Uh, What a kingdom is, what a kingdom looks like The the dynamics of a kingdom Because Paul told us that our citizenship is now in heaven And heaven is established as a kingdom in scripture So therefore I am a citizen of a kingdom So it would do me well to make sure that I have some sense of uh, intellect and understanding About what a kingdom is Especially for those of us who from a natural standpoint do not uh, live in a kingdom you live in america you live under a democracy and that's not the same thing so we need to make sure that we have a proper understanding of what kingdom is Remember our base scripture we actually haven't uh preached from this yet but we will get to that in the model prayer that the lord laid out for the disciples when they asked him to teach us to pray our father who art in heaven holy is your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven We we lay that groundwork every week because they need us to make sure that we continue to press in and contend for on earth as it is in heaven, okay? Whatever it is that you might be dealing with right now in the earth that is not on record in heaven, I have been thoroughly convinced, and that's why I preach it so hard, that if it's not in heaven, I should not have to deal with it in the earth. Because the motto and the blueprint for earth is the kingdom of heaven. So we continue to lean into this thought and continue to press in. I believe this is uh, part 16, if I'm correct. So we've been in this for, for a little while. But we're going to continue to go as long as the Lord continues to breathe upon it and gives us uh things to discuss, scriptures to look at, and and things that we need to learn and to grow in. So I'm going to ask everybody to uh, turn to Luke chapter 9, that's where we're going to start. We've got a few places that we're going this morning, but we can uh, start in Luke chapter 9, and also Matthew chapter 11, Luke chapter 9 and Matthew chapter 11, those will be the first two places that we're going to stop. park for a little bit, have a few things to, to uh, discuss, but we're going to keep moving forward because I really believe that there's something strong, something very strong that the Lord has for us to discuss, but let's pray. Father, we're so grateful to you, we're so grateful for your grace, so grateful for your mercy, we thank you for your goodness, thank you for your presence that's been with us thus far and has treated us so well has treated us uh, with such dignity and honor and respect as you do all people. And in this time, Lord, as we're about to embark on this journey in the Word, I thank you for doing what it is that you do best. For you and your Word are the same. And so we make space, Holy Spirit, for you to come and teach and challenge, instruct, motivate, encourage, correct, reprimand, whatever it is that you need to do so that we look like that image of Christ Jesus that has been worked so hard to be formed within us. God, we want to be made stronger. We don't want to just shout and have an emotional high and have a good time and walk away with no substance or with no substance as far as the word of God is concerned. We want to grow in your word. the grass withers and the flower fades but it is the word of the Lord that stands true it's your word that can't return unto you void not a praise not a sound of praise not even worship it's your word that can't return unto you void so because your word can't return unto you void let us be infused with your word let us be infused with the instruction that comes from the pages of what you breathe into our Bible and I thank you God that everyone will walk away from this moment and walk away from this time stronger than they were when it first began, including the one holding the microphone. Bless this time, Father, in Jesus' name. Somebody that agrees with me, shout it out loud. Amen. 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 Let us do some work. Luke chapter 9 and Matthew chapter 11, Uh, before we jump to it. Thank you, uh, Tristan, for go ahead and getting that up there for me. Um, before we get into it, I want to give the, um, the, the subtitle. So we're in as it is. We've been there uh, for a while. I know by this time, it's been 16 weeks, I know that you've gotten something from this. And you have some, a greater sense of solidness and solidarity in you about the kingdom of God. That's the goal with this. That's the goal. And I ask you to rehearse everything from the 16 weeks, but making sure that you have a real solidness and that truth has been made so real in you, in your spirit man, that when opposition tries to come up to convince you otherwise, it has nothing to work with because of the solidness that's been built up in you from the word that's being preached. So the subtitle for this one is, is uh, fitness or fitness in the kingdom. We're about to go the route of talking about fitness. There, there are specific scriptures that the Lord uh, laid out. And in him working, in him working through that, he told us that we needed to be fit. For the kingdom, I, I, I'm I'm really trying not to get ahead of myself. I'm trying to lay this groundwork so that we can work through this together. But this is this is about to be a heated one, so I might holler about one or two times. But that's it, and and then and then we'll we'll do King James for the most part. But uh, we're gonna hit uh, Acts later on, and that'll be in the Passion translation. But I'll let you know when we get there. Luke chapter nine, uh, verses sixty one through sixty two, and verse sixty one reads. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. 62. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Context within this. We just grabbed two verses, but context, it's about five or six verses, is the cost of discipleship. So, so there are people that both Jesus is asking and uh, people are asking of him to follow him. So Jesus has approached some people, told them to follow him. And then there are others who have come to Jesus saying, we want to follow you. So, so, but, but the problem with all of them, all of them had some kind of excuse or something else that they wanted to take care of first before they followed Jesus. So it was, let me go take care of my family. Uh, let me bid my father farewell. Let me go uh, bury my father first because he just recently passed away. So let me go bury him first. And then once I take care of all my family affairs, I, I will follow you. And Jesus concludes it with what we see in verse 62 of saying, no one having Put his hand to the plow, and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now let's look at let's look at the word fit. I just want us to look at it just just from our uh, modern English context. The word fit means a uh, uh, suitable. Okay. It means suitable and it also means useful. So suitable and useful. And then, too, if we want to take it to uh, the, the, the physical nature, it is me having uh, the, the, the physical capabilities and having the the, the physical uh, uh, awareness and the physical strength to where no matter what kind of environment I get put in, my body has been built up enough in its strength to be able to withstand resistance here we go my body has been put into a, a, a realm of training that that causes resistance on me but it causes resistance on me only for me to be fit enough to where once a greater level of resistance comes to me because I'm fit because my strength has been built up, I have what I need to be able to withstand what it is that's going on. Now, let's take that definition, okay, and let's mix it in with the, the suitableness and the usefulness. And this, this is also, too, uh, another, another um, definition that I found. So, uh, dictionary definition, quality of being suitable to fulfill a particular role or task, or oh, this, this was my favorite one here because I'm going to dig into it a little bit. An organism's ability to survive and reproduce in a particular environment. An organism's ability to survive and reproduce in a particular environment shows its fitness. Now, listen to, listen to this sentence in regards to that. If sharp teeth increase fitness then genes causing teeth to be sharp will increase in frequency. I I, I know it seems like I'm all over the place, but I need you to hear what I just said. Listen to that sentence. If sharp teeth are fitness, let me me make sure I read it right because I need to get this right. If sharp teeth increase fitness, then genes causing teeth to be sharp will increase in frequency. So if there's something that is needed, this is just an animal kingdom. Let's just talk an animal kingdom. If there is an animal that finds itself in a situation to where sharp teeth would give it a greater chance of survival and give it a greater ability to withstand everything that's going on in the environment that it finds itself in, the genetic structure that God made that animal with will, will recognize that the animal's missing something. So the genetic structure within the reproductive cycle of that animal, as generations keep coming will make sure that as the generations come all these generations down here don't have the same issue that this one had because the first generation did not have the sharp teeth that they needed so the genetic structure picked up the message so the genetic structure picks up the message and says "All right, they need those sharp teeth so by the time each generation comes genetics we know what we need to do we know that we need to make sure that we manipulate ourselves in a way to where sharp teeth become something that is around us now I'm an animal buff I watch these kind of documentaries all the time I watched a documentary on monkeys one time that that had that found themselves in in an Arctic like area that they were not born in when the first when the first generation of those monkeys got into the Arctic area they were dying off and losing their tails because it was just too cold for them so they so the first generation did not have the coat that they needed needed and their tail was being lost because they were not fit for the environment that they found themselves in so what happened their genetic structure as they kept reproducing kept getting thicker and thicker coats and got to the point to where they no longer grew tails because they did not need them for where they were now if God is genius enough to put that in the animal kingdom If God is genius enough to put something like that in the animal kingdom, how much more would he make sure that whatever environment that I might find myself in, that he would make sure that the spiritual genetic structure that I have will give me the antibodies and will give me what it is that I need based off of the environment that I find myself in. I want to stop right here for my first point, wherever it is that you might find your In Whatever it is that you might find yourself dealing with, you are dealing with it and find yourself within it only because God has already pre-wired and pre-built you to build and to have what it is that you need and therefore survive where it is you find yourself being. You got what it takes. You've got what it takes. There's nothing that has any right to come in and to overwhelm me in a way to where it has a right to take me out. Deuteronomy 31, as my days are, so shall my strength be. There will never be a day in which God will cause me to have and not have a strength that not only matches it, but causes me to rise up and thrive because I am more than a conqueror. I hope you with me, fam. I hope you're with me. We're talking about fitness. We're talking about fitness. So the fitness that 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 God has within within the environment, and that and that in the name of fitness, God will place in my environment hardships, issues, or at least things I would look at as hardship and issue. Like in the name of building and making me more fit. Because remember, we just read it in Luke nine sixty two, The goal is to make sure that once I set my hand to the plow of the kingdom that I don't look back. Because in looking back, when I set my hand to something forward and then I look back, Back at the same time that that disqualifies me from being fit that disqualifies me from being suitable that disqualifies me from being usable and that is a message and sign to us that whatever it is that you left in yesterday you've got to leave it in yesterday whatever it is you left in the past must stay back there Paul said not that I've ever attained I've already achieved but I press forward that I might lay hold of that which Christ Jesus lay hold of me looking forward and not looking back Reaching forward and not looking behind. Whatever it is that you left behind. Make sure you leave it there. Forgetting those things which are behind. And pressing forward. Listen. Both good and bad. Both good and bad. So a lot of times we just give the press to uh, um, the the issues, the problems, the sin, the, the bad habit and whatever else it might be that I get that I get myself caught up in that I just can't seem to find any freedom from and not trying to downplay that, but that's the one that gets the most press. But let me tell you something, when you, when you have success and when you have good days and when you have fantastic days, not that we're not supposed to have uh, some sense of memory toward that so that we can thank God, but when I relish in my success and when I try and live in the success of yesterday that causes me to forfeit the, the success that God wants me to have today. My success can get me off track just as much. So, either way, just the fact that it's in the past, I have been told that no one who puts their hand to the plow and reaching back is fit for the kingdom. So, so we already, so we right there got the understanding got the run through, that there is uh, such a thing as being unfit. So therefore, that concludes that there is such a thing as being fit. Being fit for the kingdom. Now I want us to dig into Matthew 11 so that we can look at a little bit more what this fitness plan, that's what I call it, what this fitness plan of the kingdom looks like. So Matthew 11 uh, verse 12, Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, still in, the, um, still in the New King James. Talking about fitness. So Matthew 11, verse 12, this is a pretty, this is a pretty popular verse. He had a lot of songs that sang around it and everything, but let's dive into it. We're going to look at the original language of it and see what we can pull out. First 12, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, this is Jesus talking. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. So the posture. That kingdom citizens must take in order to possess. And most of the time when we talk about this, we fit this into the context of prayer and spiritual warfare. And yes, it does uh, have that uh, space and and we can pull that from that because we recognize that we wrestle not against Flesh and blood, but we wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places, uh, principalities and rulers of darkness over the cosmos that exists in the spiritual realm. So, yes, uh, we do fit in in the context of prayer and spiritual warfare, but where, where I want to drive us to uh, for where we're going with this message is the fact that, that the violent taking it by force and the kingdom suffereth violence is speaking towards a non-retreat-like mentality. A non-retreat mentality. Meaning that there is nothing in me that makes me think about going back. This is actually a a, a militant type term or militant type setting. To where there is forceful advancement forward. And I'm going to show you how when we start digging into Digging into this. So, so, we're talking about a non retreat like mentality where we gain courage in the spirit to advance forcefully into what thus says the Lord. Matthew 11, verse 12, also speaks toward the sense of urgency that the kingdom produces within its citizens. The sense of urgency. That can that is created within us There's the, there, there is an urgent clarion call that has been given to us as kingdom citizens and we have to make sure that we maintain that sense of urgency and we don't let ourselves get lax or lazy or fall by the wayside in our pursuit within our spirits within our spirit man just cause I jump up and down and praise and worship doesn't make me urgent just cause I'm flamboyant and boisterous and demonstrative in my praise does not mean that I'm urgent I'm talking about something that is within us to where we know what God has said must be true and if anybody says anything else that opposes that is a lie and I'm not I'm not releasing anything else other other than the word of the Lord out of my mouth and I am Forceful and serious in this advancement that what God said I can have I'm going to get it what God has decreed over my life I am going to possess it within my lifetime not just for me to say look and see I got it but I recognize that I'm a part of a bigger thread I'm a part of a bigger fabric I'm a part of a greater kingdom and there's something that God is trying to get out into the earth that he has called me to be a part of and I got to make sure that I play my part and do what it is that he's called me to do with a sense of demand and Urgency about myself, knowing that what he said is true and everything else is a lie that opposes. That opposes it is a lie. All right, all right. Are we tracking? Somebody let me know. Put a comment there that we're tracking. All right, so looking at the original language. So, the original language for the part that says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The original language actually reads like this the kingdom of the heavens. Is taken by violence. The kingdoms of the heavens. Is taken by violence. So the the Greek word there is. Biazo. B-I-A-Z-O. And it means. I use force. Force my way. Come forward. Violently. So I'm coming forward. Violently. Moving forward, moving forward violently. What, what, did we, what did we just read in Luke 9? No one, having put his hand to the plow, which is a sign of me moving forward, I was partially raised on a farm. So I, so I understand the, the work of farm. Whenever you are working a plow... There is no way that you can move forward with the plow because the plow has one direction. It's moving forward. There's no way that I can move forward with a plow while at the same time looking at where I've been. I must make sure that I continue to move forward. So no one moving forward, I mean, no one looking back, putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. So he already told me not to look back. And then in this definition of of the kingdom and those people who take the kingdom, it says that you come forward violently. So this right here just connects all the greater, showing why it is that we cannot afford to look back. Listen, I don't care what you did, who you did it with, how bad it was and what the situation at hand might have cost you when you come into the kingdom if any man be in Christ he is a new creation behold the old has been removed and all things have become new you have got to digest that and make sure that you continue to move forward and move forward in what thus says the Lord and leave that yesterday behind and as I continue to move forward and develop the momentum my God thank you Jesus I prophetically declare that there is momentum Mm -hmm that is coming into your life to cause you to move forward. There is momentum that is being released to you to make sure that there is a constant forward advancement that is moving forward within your life. You are on a downhill slope that is going to shoot you high into greatness as that momentum is developed in your life and you keep moving forward in what thus says the Lord. I decree that every prophetic promise over your life will manifest itself within its proper time and season as you get and develop to move forward why because anyone that's going to be forceful about grabbing a hold of the kingdom must make sure that they're moving forward and that, that part of the scripture also means laying hold of something with watch this positive aggressiveness positive aggressiveness Positive aggressiveness, I lay hold of it. All right, so let's move it to the next part. So that was the kingdom of heaven uh, suffers violence, but the violence, let's take that part. The violent actually comes from the same word. That, that is the Greek word biastes, so just, just a different, uh, different part of the same word. Biastes means forceful, violent, or watch this, energetic man. One eager in pursuit. Obtaining by positive assertiveness used by the believer in living in faith, living in God's internal persuasions, guiding and empowering them to act forcefully. So I'm being guided by this inward persuasion that guides me into an action that has a sense of forcefulness, not necessarily of physical force that's not what we're talking about because remember the kingdom is not something that is physical the kingdom is something that is within me so all of this at its core and at its foundation is an internal work that's happening within me so what is happening is there's a forcefulness that is growing up within me to where I learn with what what, what is God talking to me and what is flesh talking to me what is God talking to me and what is yesterday trying to talk to me and I got to make sure that I'm making that difference because me grabbing a hold of the kingdom and being fit for the kingdom is on the line. That's why I got to make sure that there is a forcefulness about me holding my tongue when I'm not supposed to say certain things. Be holding my attitude and controlling my emotions in the midst of different situations and circumstances. Be making sure that God is always honored through everything that I am doing and everything that comes from me. A lot of us think that as long as it don't come out of my mouth or as long as it don't come out of me and as long as I don't show an attitude I could just sit here and dwell in that plague of emotions and just have all this anger going on within me that is absolute foolishness you are contaminating the place that God holds the kingdom which is your heart you've got to make sure that your heart is always in a posture to where it is open and fit to receive the kingdom and open to make sure that there's a sense of forcefulness coming out of it that I'm always going to be moving forward I'm always going to be moving forward I, heard, I heard, a, heard a message this week from, from a very, very well-known preacher that told a story about a time to where he had done a film and someone else did another one right at the same time that he did. And the guy who did the other film had a lot greater ratings and had a lot greater turnout for his movie than he did. And he said that when people would start talking about this other guy's movie, he kept feeling some kind of way. And in feeling some kind of way, he addressed that before the Lord. And the Lord brought up to him that you might be jealous. And so he said, that's not what I want. I don't want to be jealous. I want to celebrate. So what he did was he, in his city, he bought up all of the theaters that he could afford. And sent people to this God's movie to watch it for free on his dime. In an effort to make sure that he was always moving forward. Uh, To act forcefully positive aggression and positive assertiveness that what God has said and the layout and the plan that God has given for my life is the only one that I got is my only option so I'm gonna make sure that whatever I'm doing I'm moving forward and that's the posture that we must take whatever I'm doing I'm moving forward I'm moving forward because this is what is going to empower us to once we set our hand to that plow of the kingdom, that we don't take it off. That we set our hand to that plow, we don't take it off, and that plow is leading us to a great door of opportunity that God has given to us but if we're not fit enough to be able to at least get to the door there's no need to even be able to have this discussion but because where we are going and the door that is being presented to us and the door that is in front of us and the fitness that we've been called to have we've got to make sure that our heart postures are in a place to where there is a forceful advancement coming out of us that says God whatever it is that you want that's what I. I want whatever it is that you're headed. I say, yes, Lord, whatever it is that you have in mind for us, whatever it is that it looks like, bend our will, bend our desires, bend what is in me to make sure that what it is that I desire is the same thing that you do. I hope you hear me, family. I hope you hear me. Hallelujah. The last thing, too, about that one before we move on. We already just hit on it a little bit. Fired up by God to act by his revelation. Fired up by God to act by his revelation. So by what it is that I know, based off of what the word is telling me, there is a Fire that is lit within me to make sure that I put action to what it is that I am learning. That I put action to what it is that I am hearing. Remember when God talks to us, God is not just talking to conversate. There is a creative factor that comes alive every time God speaks a word to us. And within that creative factor, there's a fire that comes within us that causes me to rise up and want to put Action To what it is that I am doing Thank you James for letting us know That faith without works is dead A faith that I would talk about But not have some kind of matching action That shows that I am validated in this faith Is wasteful for me to have If I'm going to have the faith I got to make sure that there is a matching deed And a corresponding action To what it is that I am saying Whatever it is that God has told you Whatever it is God has promised you Whatever it is that God has given to you, what kind of action are you putting into play that shows that what you say is true? Now, I'm not fussing at nobody. I'm just happy. But these are things that we have to really think about. Because if, if, if I'm going to move in kingdom initiative, if I'm going to move in kingdom benefit, this is a part of the fitness plan. Of anyone that carries the kingdom. Of anyone that carries the kingdom. And last, that last part in Matthew 11 verse 12. And then we'll move on to the next scripture. Taking by force. So Up until, up until the days, of John the Baptist, till now, kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The violent, take it by force. Take it by force means claim it. And it is the Greek word harpozo And it means to seize, snatch, catch up, snatch away. Seize by force, listen, suddenly and decisively. Decisively snatching it away. Like someone seizing bounty or spoils or a prize. To take by an open display of force. Not covertly and not in secret. So an open display of forceful advancement. So those who have, who have this inward persuasion uh, by God placed within them concerning the kingdom have been so convinced by what it is that they know that they, play, that they display openly their willingness to forcefully and advancefully take what it is that God has said to them that they can have like taking spoils. In other words, there's no secret to this thing. There's no secret. You ain't got to guess where I stand you don't have to guess where I stand, you don't have to guess what I believe, you don't have to guess who I roll with, you don't have to guess there is a sense of true loyalty to Christ Jesus and knowing that he and he alone is worthy of my praise, and if that puts me in uncomfortable situations, so be it, if it makes people mad, so be it, if it puts me at odds with family and friends, so be it, because what I'm going after, I have to make sure that there is an open display of forceful advancement, because those are the only people who are able to grab a hold of and have a sense of fitness for the kingdom. In other words, I can't play defense. I can't compartmentalize and do this on Sunday and let the rest of the week do what it's going to do. Don't you turn this off. Don't do that. Let this hit you. I cannot compartmentalize and pick and choose the parts of Scripture I want to impact me, i.e. financial breakthrough, but then not dwell with him in the fellowship of his sufferings. I'm preaching. I cannot pick and choose the battles that I want God to give me. And then reap all the benefits of the kingdom. That is not how this works. Those who are most fit within the regiment of fitness is resistance. Weightlifting is me on purpose placing myself under a certain weight of resistance and forcing my body to respond until it gains the strength to overcome the fitness. And what God is wanting to do in building up a sense of fitness within kingdom citizens is put us on a fitness plan and a fitness regimen to where there is a sense of resistance that I need not pull myself out of, need not pray myself out of, need not cry out, oh God, why me, but make sure that I take the resistance and shut myself flat footed there until I look at the resistance and say you might come at me with a sword and with a spear, but I come at you in the name of the Lord God of hosts, whom this day has given you into my hands, and I make sure that there is no giant that ever comes into my life that I look at with a sense of fear, but I look at it and say, They are our bread for us. Oh. They are the bread. I'm not finna stand in a sense of fear. They are the bread. They are to be consumed. And whatever resistance that you find yourself in, whatever sense of resistance you find coming at you is to be consumed for a greater strength to be born out of you. Fitness. Fitness. Because we're trying to be a people that are fit for the kingdom of God. Because for me to gain all this knowledge about something I am not fit for makes no sense and will keep me in perpetual dread, frustration, and disappointment. I must be fit. So only someone who has embraced the posture that we just talked about in this, the, the, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the, and the violent taken it by force. Only someone who has embraced that kind of posture because of the work of the kingdom of God within them is ready and guarded up with the urgency and courage and spirit that will produce the kingdom. So this verse that we just read, like I said a little bit earlier, is what I'm calling the fitness plan for citizens of the kingdom of God. And I need a level of fitness that makes me suitable for the kingdom call that I have. The kingdom call we all share to advance the kingdom in the earth. Which is done when I keep my hand to the plow. And leading us into the next verse, 1 Corinthians sixteen nine, 9. Keeping, keeping our hand to the plow and leading us and moving us forward into what is called, Paul called a great an effective door, great and effective door. So, First Corinthians sixteen nine. Still in New King James, First Corinthians sixteen nine. I'm getting close, getting close to wrapping up. First Corinthians sixteen nine. The context uh, here, uh, this is Paul is ending the letter to the his first letter. the Corinthians and he is uh, talking about an opportunity that is presented to him to go to Ephesus which is uh, where we get the book Ephesians from. So the church in Ephesus, he has an opportunity to go there and he's asking for the Corinthians to pray for it. But let's look look at the verbiage that he used and let's dive into it. For a great and effective door has opened to me and there are many adversaries a great and effective door or opportunity has opened to me but within the opportunity and within the door and he said there are many adversaries so so many adversaries issues blockages Circumstances, things that aren't necessarily pleasant, live within the door. Adversaries have made their resting place in the door, but despite who lives in the door, Paul still comes to the conclusion that the door is still great and effective. Y'all, believe me alone. Now let's look at, look at the original language. Great and effective. The Greek word for great is actually megas. M-E-G-A-S is where we get the word mega from. So there, so there is a mega and original for uh, effective God, is so good. The original word for effective is energies. E N E R G E S. Guess what we get, that, what we come from that word? Energy. So a mega energy field door is open to me and locked within the mega energy field door, or at least standing at the door made its home in this spot is an adversary is a problem so so locked behind opportunity if I get my gaze fixed too much on who lives there if I get my focus focused too much on who lives in this space and not so much about the framing of the door itself God not so much about the framing of the door. The framing of the door is mega. The framing of the door is energy field. The framing of the door is a massive opportunity. But there's an adversary there. I hope you hear what I'm saying. I'm trying to help you. Now let's look at, let's, let's, let's look at the word energies. Which is what we get the English word energy. For effective. That's the same word. The same word. That is used in Hebrews 4.12 that speaks about the word of God being active and powerful. For the word of God is active and powerful, sharpening double-edged sword, piercing unto uh, dividing on the son, the soul, the spirit, joint and marrow, everything like that. But that part that says that, that describes the word because they're active and powerful, that right there, that's the same word that's effective in this verse that's the fact that describes the door that's why that's why i need us to remember so active and powerful we got to remember paul is talking about the door paul spends hardly no time talking about the adversary in fact he doesn't describe him he just has his present And there are many adversaries. So there's many adversaries. There's many issues. There's many problems. I understand that. But my focus is not there. My focus is the fact that the door is great and effective. That it's powerful. That it's mega. That it's energy field. That it is this grandiose of an opportunity that God has given to me. And I'm telling you right now, could you be in this time and in this pandemic, be standing in the greatest opportunity that you've ever seen But you're so focused on the adversary. Massive opportunity around you. Divine reset in which God has given us all. But I'm so focused on what's not going right. I'm so focused on what is not. But look at how Paul placed his descriptions on the door. For there is a great and effective door. That is open to me. Yet... There are many adversaries. So showing us. Also. That could an adversary. Could a problem. Could an issue. Be divine heaven sent announcement. That you got a door. That you are standing in front of. I, I know that. In 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 the moment of adversarial opposition, I'm a person too. In the moment of adversarial opposition and hardship that is pressing against me and causing me pain and making my life have to adjust and making me be in certain situations and circumstances I didn't ask for, I didn't so for, I never saw myself here by age so-and-so, never saw myself at this point at age such and such. When all that stuff hits us and I start to have to adjust my life, it, it, it can rock me emotionally. It rocks me emotionally. But see, that's why I went over the fitness plan. That's why we went over the fitness plan. Because anyone that's trying to achieve a goal, if you've ever had somebody give you a fitness plan, be a fitness coach, be somebody that is a coach in your life, the responsibility of a coach is not so much to make me feel good, it's to hold me accountable. They are there to hold me accountable in making sure that I maintain the plan. Even in the midst of the pressure from an adversary. Because I'm going to tell you something. Adversary ain't going nowhere. Waiting for a day where I'm adversary free is never coming. It's never coming. So I got to make sure that I already make plan for the fact that I'm going to run into an adversary. And making plan for the fact that I'm going to run into an adversary is me maintaining the, men- the mental posture, the heart posture that although I come up to them, they cannot overtake because the adversary is not greater than the door. The adversary did not get the description that he too was mega in energy field. He was just present. So all I got to do is go by God. Go by the strategy that God has given me. And he told me in his word that thy enemies shall be thy footstool. Oh, your enemies will serve as your footstool. So the adversary is doing nothing more than being a stepping block, a stepping stone, stairs that gets me up to the knob to be able to turn. Fitness and maintaining the plan of fitness is what keeps me in the posture to where I always believe this. For a great and effective door has been opened to you. Great opportunity, great time. You live in a great day, you live in a great moment. There's something precious that's been handed to you. But there are many adversaries. There are many adversaries. But will I let them talk me out of the door? Will I let them talk me out of the door and out of what God has given to me? Out of what God has said. And breaking it down even further. Let's go even further. Broke it down even further. The word effective comes from the word ergon. You have to roll your tongue with it, but I'm not the best person at that. Ergon. E-R-G-O-N. And that means that's Greek for work. Work. Greek for work, deed, or action. So check this out. So the so so the mega and powerful door, opportunity, that God presents is one filled with adversaries and work. But because I'm fit, I'm ready for it. Because I am fit. Because I maintained the fitness plan. Because I stayed on my regimen. Because I ate what I was supposed to. And I stayed away from what I wasn't supposed to eat. I stayed away from certain relationships. I added on certain relationships. I added on time. I stayed, I I, I went to bed, I got enough rest. I I did what it was that I was supposed to do and maintained the pressure of the plan. Now that I've gotten to this door, although there be adversaries there and there's a sense of work that I'm going to have to do to open up the door take. I'm ready I'm ready and cannot be talked out of it because it's about me moving forward it's about me moving forward fam hoping that you're hearing this What, what am I saying honestly with all this you must have an all in type approach you have to be all in with this to, to not be in, all in in the kingdom causes damage to you. It causes damage to me because what I am doing is I am confusing myself. I'm confusing myself. We, we did, we did that maybe about a month ago when we talked about the parable of the soul and the, and the different kind of, and the different kind of ground that the seed hits. And one of those grounds was somebody that had that direction in all different places. My heart being pulled this way. My heart being pulled this way. My heart being pulled this way. What's happening is there is a massive confusion that is happening that keeps my heart from being as fit as it needs to be. Sending myself into spiritual cardiac arrest. Heart got too much going on with it. And can't keep up. That's why when it comes to my devotion, my internal devotion, I have to make sure that it, that it is centered on the kingdom is centered on what thus says the Lord and centered on the assignment that I've been burdened for. See how all this is playing together? It's centered there, and we're about to read, turn to Acts 19. This is my last verses, and I'm finished. Acts 19, I'm reading out the Passion Translation. We're going to read uh, verses 1 through 20, because what we're about to look at is looking at how Paul navigated his way through this journey. So Paul has told us, Paul is, is, is just a premier person to look at as far as being fit for the kingdom we've seen him leave his past behind we've seen him move forward we know that he's one that, that that is energy filled a violent energetic man internally and he moves forward and taking the kingdom by force he's put his hand to the plow and he's not looking back he, we already laid that foundation and he just told us that there's a great mega energy field door that's in front of him and there are many adversaries but because he was fit he walked through the door anyway in Acts 19 verses 1-12 is the snapshot of what happened because he walked through the door. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you, Tristan. Verse 1, when Apollos was ministering in Corinth, Paul traveled on through the regions of Turkey until he arrived in Ephesus. That's what we were just talking about. So he's in Ephesus where he found a group of 12 followers of Jesus. Verse 2, first thing he asked them was, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? No, they replied, we've not even heard of a Holy Spirit. Paul asked, then what was the meaning of your baptism? They responded, it meant that we would follow John's teachings. So That was uh, John the Baptist. Verse 4, Paul said, John's baptism was for those who were turning from their sins. And he taught you to believe and follow the one who was coming after him. Jesus, the anointed one. When they understood this. When they understood this, not just when they heard it, not just when they shouted about it, not just when they amen when they understood, had a sense of intellect about what it was that Paul was telling them. Let's see what happened. When they understood this, they were baptized into, watch this, the authority of Jesus, the anointed one. Verse 6, And when Paul laid his hands on each of the twelve, The Holy Spirit manifested and they immediately spoke in tongues and prophesied. Now, now, listen now, don't lose the context. The context is all of this, we ain't even finished, but all of this is a part of the great and effective door that is present with adversaries. Yet he walked through it anyway. Verse 8, verse 8, let's go, let's go, let's go. For three months, Paul taught openly, And fearlessly in the synagogue. Arguing persuasively for them to enter into God's kingdom realm. But some of them hardened their hearts. Stubbornly refused to believe. When they spoke evil of the way in front of the congregation. Paul withdrew from them and took the believers with him. Verse 10. Every day for over two years. He taught them in the lecture halls of Tyranus, which resulted in everyone, check it, everyone living in the province of Asia. Jews and non-Jews Hearing the prophetic word of the Lord All of that happening still within the context of the great and mega door That had an adversary present Had Paul not done what he did And we still ain't finished But I can't help myself I got to talk about this There's an adversary that is present in your door But you got to walk through it anyway but you let an adversary talk you out of your door. Let's keep going. Beat me up, Tristan. Verse 11. God kept releasing a flow of extraordinary miracles through the hands of Paul because walked through his door. My God, because of this, people took Paul's handkerchiefs and articles of clothing, even pieces of cloth that had touched his skin, laying them on the bodies of the sick, and diseases and demons left them as they were healed. Let's go. Now, when the seven itinerant Jewish exorcists, these are a part of adversaries. When there were seven itinerant Jewish exorcists, sons of Sceva, the high priest, who took it upon themselves to use the name and authority of Jesus over those who were demonized. Let's see what happened with them. They would say, we cast you out in the name of the Jesus that Paul preaches. It's somebody trying to cheat on their fitness plan. One day when they said those words, the demon in the man replied, I know about Jesus, and I recognize Paul, but uh, who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. 16. Then the demonized man jumped on them, threw them to the ground, beating them mercilessly, overpowered the seven exorcists until they all ran out of the house naked and badly bruised. 17. 17. Check it. All the people in Ephesus were awestruck, both Jews and non-Jews, when they heard about what had happened. Great fear fell over the entire city, and the authority of the name of Jesus was exalted. Many believers publicly confessed their sins and disclosed their secrets. Large numbers of those who had been practicing magic took all of their books and scrolls of spells and incantations and publicly burned them. When the value of all the books and scrolls was calculated, it all came to several million dollars. Last one. The power of God caused the word to spread and the people were greatly impacted. That happened in the context of 1 Corinthians 16, 9, when he told the Corinthians to pray for him because there was a great and effective door that was open to him that had adversaries. That had adversaries that were present. You cannot allow any adversarial opposition or something like this to strike fear in your heart so much so that you forget about the grandness of the door that they stand in front of. Every adversary, I believe, is an announcement that there's some door that you're trying to keep me from getting into. That there's some door that you're trying to keep me into. I'm, I'm, I'm finishing up, Ryan. What's your door? First off, in a macro sense, for all of us, it is our kingdom assignment. That's why we told you weeks ago about making sure that that burden is alive. Because the burden is also something that is going to energize you in a way to stand up in your fitness against an adversary. standing up in your fitness against an adversary. I'm not talking about you necessarily fighting them because as we saw just in what we just read Paul wasn't fighting nobody. Paul Paul would not even arguing. It said it said that he, he 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 fearlessly, boldly and fearlessly declared from what was in him. And what was in him was as real and as authentic as it was because of him being fit for the kingdom. I got to stick to the fitness plan, family. I got to stick to the fitness plan in which God has called me to so that when a great and effective door makes its way into my life, I am fit and ready to grab that knob and walk right in. no door that God wants you to walk through is behind you. Any door that God wants you to move forward in, He wants you to move forward in. And it's in front of you. And our calling as kingdom citizens, we are people who have been taught to move forward and never look at because there is a forceful advancement that comes out of us to grab a hold of what thus says the Lord and what God has spoken to us because there is a great and effective door opportunity massive that is in front of us that is in front of us that we must possess you have been called to it you have it within you Because of who lives in you. None of what I say is done by power or might. None of this is done because of how stellar and clean we are. This is done only by the power of the Spirit of God that resides within us and has made come to life the kingdom. You have a door you also have an adversary. But as long as you continue to stand on what thus says the Lord and move forward in what God has placed in the heart, that enemy will be nothing but a staircase that helps you get to where you need to to unlock that door and move forward into the greatest days of your life. I'm done, family. Come on, put your hands together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Father, for the strength of the word. I pray that you have been greatly impacted, greatly enriched, greatly challenged at the same time. Find that door. Some of you already know what it is. Some of you have to go before the Lord and see what it is. Either way, maintain the fitness plan so that when you're in front of it, able to open and to move forward into those greatest days. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining with us. Appreciate your time. We will see you next week. Love you.